In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every other Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Psychic listeners, thank you so much for joining for another episode of A Psychic Story. And for this episode, we have Kelly Howe. Kelly is an intuitive. She also practices chakra work and past life regression. And she's joining today to talk about her experiences with those modalities, but also EFT. And we'll hear about what EFT is about if you haven't heard about it before or experienced it. So welcome to the show, Kelly. Hey, Nicole, thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Um, a pleasure to have you and really excited to just dive in and hear about your experiences and what brought you into this line of work. But also you mentioned when we were talking just a little bit ago about how you mix up the various modalities and the practices that you do to bring a very unique approach to EFT. So if you could just start us out, like how you how you got into it. You know, it's funny, I call EFT, um, and for people that don't know, that stands for emotional freedom technique. Um, and it is, it's a really interesting technique because it really incorporates the mind and the body all at the same time. It really incorporates all the senses. And it, to be honest with you, it looks a little bit strange when you first learn about it. I don't know if you've seen it, but it, you know, you're tapping on different body parts. And I found EFT actually first, and I call it the, the gate medicine because for me I started out as a nurse and I was working at the bedside for 10 years I worked as a labor and delivery nurse for eight years and um, did some GI nursing after that but I found EFT because I was working as a nurse I was working night shifts um, you know even the labor and delivery can be fabulous and like the you know the most amazing moments in the world it can also be it's kind of like working in the ER and you have no idea what's coming in the door and there, you know, you can be in some pretty traumatic experiences on a pretty regular basis. And um, to be honest with you, I found EFT because I was burned out. Like I was toast. And um, even though I kind of had that mindset of stay positive and, you know, kind of push through and be the strong one and I could handle anything and there's not a whole lot that frazzled me. I really found myself in a place where even though my mind was telling me I was fine. I was a mess and my body was really starting to show up to show me that that was true. And I was having um, a lot of anxiety and I never had anxiety before. And I was having a lot of like physical aches and pains. And I was in my 20s. (laughs) I was like, 
my late 20s, you know, and I even had doctors saying, well, you know, you just had babies and they're getting older. But like I knew, I'm like, I shouldn't be having tightness in my chest. My joints and my bones shouldn't be hurting. Um, I shouldn't be having IBS all the time. You know, after every time I ate, I had to run to the bathroom. And it was like my body was really screaming at me. And I, it really just led me down this path of recognizing that I, there was something really wrong. And intuitively, I knew that it was something that could be like something had happened to me and it could be undone. You know, I just knew that on a really basic level. And um, after having one of like, you know, a textbook surrender moment one night when I just was so burned out and tired and exhausted. And like, I was snapping at my kids and my husband, who's an amazing human. And like, I could recognize that I wasn't really myself. I had a surrender moment where I laid in bed and cried and felt myself open up to the universe and was like, listen, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be doing exactly what I'm doing right now. And I am open to anything. Um, And it was a funny pathway of kind of like one thing led to another. And I saw Wayne Dyer on Ellen. And then Wayne Dyer got me on, you know, I, I downloaded one of his um, eBooks and that got me on a Hay House list. And suddenly I was receiving emails from Hay House about something called tapping or EFT. So that was kind of long winded, but really it was like the synchronistic events after I had that surrender moment and I was a broken, you know, feeling like a broken mess. And I remembered that promise to the universe that I would do anything. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this is saying that this is going to help me with anxiety. And I was like, well, I don't really feel anxious. You know, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, but it did mention in one of the emails that it would help with like physical pain as well. And I was having a lot of aches and just like body shakes and, you know, just didn't quite feel right. So I will never forget, you know, when you do EFT, you're, you're tapping on these different acupoints, the acupoints that they use in acupuncture and you're, you're, so you're tapping around your face and you're tapping on top of your head and you're saying, you know, the things that, that cause you anxiety or bring stress to your life. And I remember sitting there like in front of my computer and looking around and thinking, oh my gosh, like this is a joke. I am a part of like the biggest hoax right now. And like <laughs> I'm being recorded. Th- I'm being recorded through my computer. I really thought it was like, you know, I was on that show Punk or mm-hmm. Candid Camera or something. I really did. I was like, this cannot be real. You know, I had that, that very like nurse ego. <laughs> it was like, I went to nursing school and if, if this was real, I would know about it. Did you take like a class or was it because um, you mentioned you were recording on your laptop? So was it just so you could see yourself? Yeah, no. So I was actually watching a YouTube video. Oh, I was watching, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So initially I started out because I was getting I was getting emails from Hay House for the tapping solution, which is really what opened me up to tapping. And so, you know, Nick Ortner was doing videos and I, I was watching one of his. I think that's how I heard about it, actually. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They've done fantastic work getting that out into the world. And um, I really credit the tapping solution and refer people to them all the time. I'm like, get the book get their app. It's all amazing. And we'll get really get people started. Uh, but so I'm like doing this video and tapping on my body. And I'm like, Oh, my God, this is so stupid. <laughs> but I, I started out, you know, really feeling tense and achy. And after just like a couple of rounds, I could not deny that I had this really profound relaxation in my body. And I suddenly felt this sense of peace that I had not felt in a really long time. And it did two things like it instantly brought tears to my eyes because I felt hope. And that makes me want to cry right now because I think there's so many people that are out there struggling, especially with this year and the stress levels that have been astronomically high and are just desperate to feel better. (laughs) 
And that was that moment for me where I was like, oh my gosh, something actually made me feel better. And I didn't have to take a pill and I didn't drink a glass of wine and I didn't have to go run three miles or, you know what I mean? It was like, wow, that felt so much better. So that was really my first, you know, opening to EFT. It brought me hope. And then the other thing it did was it like lit something inside of me that I just did not know was there. And I had to learn everything I could about it. It just, it brought so much hope to me. And the other thing that it did is it really lit a fire. It like found that full spark inside and lit me up. And I dove in, I just knew like I had to learn everything I can about this technique. I learned, you know, I read everything I could. I listened to everything I could. Um, And about a year after, I always say I was like tapping in the closet because (laughs) <laughs> Even my husband, like, I think I mentioned that I was, you know, I was like, I'm trying this thing, but it, you know, uh, it just looks so strange. And I, nobody had ever heard of it at that point. I mean, it was like 10 years ago and it's come a long way, maybe 12 years ago, even, but nobody had heard of it. And I was, you know, still in that nursing mindset of like, this is so weird and there's no way there's any science behind this. But um, at some point about a year after I was tapping in the closet, I went to my husband and I was like, Hey, I think I need to get certified in this. I need to, I need to take this farther. I feel like there's something I can do professionally with this. I don't know what it is, but I really feel like I should follow that path. Um, and ended up, you know, driving to Chicago was the closest I could find any trainings. And um, just went from there. I've been traveling all over the country for the last, you know, 10 years trying to learn absolutely everything I can about this. And I'm still fascinated with the technique. And with that, coming back to where we started, um, I've, you know, it was the gateway energy medicine for me, but, you know, from then I've, you know, I've been training in chakra healing and past life regressions and something called matrix re-imprinting was, which is an advanced tapping technique. And, um, I really, through the process have really opened up my intuitive gifts and that continues to unfold, which is really, really fun. Um, and now I just bring it all together and, you know, bring in whatever I need to at the moment and, we do some really, really cool, deep stress reduction, relaxation, but just do really, really deep full integration. It's really fun. Yeah, no, when you mentioned the, you brought tears to your eyes, I, I find that anything that really resonates with me on a deeper level or it's speaking to my soul, that happens for me. And yes. so that was yes. definitely a sign for you, which is fantastic because it brought you to where you are today. And even before we were talking, I was doing a little bit of research because while I have experienced it very lightly, just a little bit, um, same thing with the tapping mm-hmm. solution with Hay House, I did see that, you know, EFT, there's been various studies and they say that, you know, their researchers are torn about how it happens. Some say that it's because yeah. you're just simply tapping your body and you're giving your body that human touch. And then others say that it's a placebo effect, but they can't deny that it's releasing this like blocked energy that's trapped in our body. And it goes back to the trauma. And so I'm curious just to see like what you based on your 10, 12 years experience with it, where what resonates with you or what do you think about it? And why does it work? I think part of the power in EFT is that it's kind of both and all of the above, you know, the research that's been coming out is very sound and very solid. And um, even researchers at Harvard, Harvard have done studies where they, you know, they did sham acupoints. And I think that their studies weren't done with tapping per se, but they were actually done with the, with the needles and stimulating them with needles. But, um, but there's very definite evidence that shows that there's something magical that happens with those acupoints. 
and they're still trying to figure out exactly what that is. But we can see that they're that the fear centers in the brain really dial down when you stimulate those acupoints and brain waves regulate. And you can see that, that on fMRI that, you know, different areas of the brain light up or shut down. There's definitely science emerging about the specific acupoint. Now, as far as touch goes, you know, we know that touch is part of one of our basic human needs. Um, it's part of that nurture. So I think that that adds into it as well. And then as far as the placebo effect goes, you know, I, when I'm teaching my classes, I always say, you know, absolutely everything has to do with the placebo effect because whether we know it or not, we have a belief about whether something will work or not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when you take an ibuprofen, um, like we know that an ibuprofen will will help with pain, but it will absolutely help even more if you have a belief that it will help you. Uh, You know, you can't take the placebo effect out of the human essentially because we have beliefs about things, whether they're conscious or not, Mm -hmm. we think it's going to work or not. But science does show that it's something far beyond placebo effect. And, you know, there's even studies that come out, you know, on a very grounded, very, very grounded scientific side of things that show that, and this study has actually been repeated recently, so that's fun, but that it reduces in one hour of EFT, it reduces uh, cortisol levels by between 24, you know, the original study, the average was 24%. Um, the study that they just recently did shows that it reduced cortisol levels by 42% in an hour. Um, and of course, cortisol is one of those stress hormones that, you know, we need a certain amount of it, but if we have too much of it, it, it creates inflammation and it tells our body to hold on to extra weight. So it can be, you know, part of that. Um, people having difficulty losing weight can be an excess cortisol issue. So that is very grounded science. And they've also shown that this is fun, kind of on the newer epigenetic side of things, that I think it was an hour of EFT shifted our epigenetic expression of 72 different genes. And so that was basically you know, dialing down gene expression for things like inflammation and dialing up the gene expression for rest and digest and regeneration. So um, they're seeing this and, you know, again, like seeing changes on MRI and, um, you know, there's research coming out as far as like cravings and weight loss and showing that EFT with a weight loss program will um, last over time where other programs are falling short. And so, you know, there is this very sound science that's coming out with it. Um, but to be honest with you, I, my mind loves the science, but I also am like way into woo-woo land and I'm like energetically. <laughs> you call it woo-woo land too. I like how it woo-woo. Yeah, I know. I like, it's like, I am all out there also. And I think that there is something really cool happening with our energy and pushing through those energetic blocks and, you know, karmically speaking, the the foundational issues that like we choose a body and we choose a life to work through that it, you know, on that epigenetic level and on that really deep, you know, energetic and DNA level that we're really shifting something profound. I have so many questions. So for, well, one, because to me, I feel like it's, it's, easy, right? I mean, you need to know kind of your your pressure points. So my first question is, why are, you know, more people not doing this? Why is it not as widely practiced? Um, Because you don't even, as you mentioned, need to go and use needles with acupuncture or what have you. It's literally like yourself and just knowing where to tap. So I guess that's my first one. I think that the the good news is, is that it is spreading rapidly. Whereas like before, you know, when I first learned this technique, I didn't know a single other person that had ever even heard of it. Whereas now I will meet people in passing and say, um, you know, I'm a transformational coach. I specialize in a technique called PFT. And, 
and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I heard of that. You know, I mean, not all the time, but I do feel like people are actually hearing about it now. So I think that's the good news. I think there's a couple of things blocking. I think that one of the big things that's blocking us is that it does just seem kind of strange. And, and I think that unfortunately, enough of us have insecurities about looking weird or doing things that seem weird, that it actually holds people back just because it looks a little bit odd. So I think that's unfortunate. But I do think that holds some people back just because it's like, you know, I'm tapping on my body and this just seems really weird. I think the other thing is, is that it is something that is easy and people can do. And I think that there are powers that be that don't, I unfortunately don't really want the masses to know that they can take care of themselves and heal themselves in these ways. I think the same blocks show up even with like nutrition and, um, you know, supplements and things like that, that there are actually groups, large, powerful groups of people out there that, that would rather us believe that we need to rely on pharmaceuticals or things like that to feel better. And, you know, it's unfortunate, like things like Wikipedia, there's world-renowned scientists, um, psychologists all over the world that, I've studied EFT that use it, you know, even a psychologist at Harvard, I think he's a professor at Harvard, came out and wrote this, this really amazing letter to Wikipedia because Wikipedia just won't post accurate information about EFT. And if people, if experts get in there and try to change it, they just change it right back. And, um, you know, all of these experts are writing and trying to change and, and tried for a long time. And there's such a bias out there that they just won't. No matter what evidence they give them, they just won't. So I think that that's the other, another really big issue is that there's this bias out there with things like Wikipedia, and they're not the only one, that no matter what information they are provided, they just won't share it. And I think that's really sad because Wikipedia is like the first thing that pops up when people Google something. And so I think a lot of people Google it and see Wikipedia that says there's, you know, there's no sound evidence behind this. And then they're like, oh, I knew it. And then they just move on, unfortunately. So I think that's a really big problem. Um and it's just not actually true. <laughs> so it's frustrating and it's, it, it's not true. So, you know, it's a big block. And then you mentioned, yeah, no, that's unfortunate. And I actually donated to Wikipedia. I think I was only one of 5% last year and they sent me a note and I was like, something told me not to. So now I know why I'm going to write back to them and say, mm-hmm. <laughs> update, you know, a lot, you know, release a little bit of this criteria, which, um, you know, you're not taking the facts into account, but anyway, that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, no, that's really good insight to have. And, and that was kind of my gut reaction too, as far as like the bigger, like big pharma, the pharmaceutical companies, there is a place for modern medicine in this world world, but that at the same time, if there are simpler, um, easy things that are also free to people that you can do yourself, like why not? It's, there's no harm in it. Right. And especially in this, in this, um, you know, with this technique. So you also mentioned something that I find really interesting as well. And I'm, I do believe this, I'm a firm believer is that we choose this lifetime. We choose this body to experience things, to help us grow in the next evolution or stage of our spiritual journey and growth. And so when you uh, mentioned to that, can you talk a little bit more about how that is related to EFT or even with your um, work, you know, and studies and in going into past life regression? Yeah, definitely. You know, the way that I normally start with clients, either they show up with and they know exactly they're like, I have this block, you know, no matter what I do, I can't manifest this or no matter what I do, I have this chronic pain and there's no physical thing, or sometimes there are physical things that are causing it, but, you know, they'll show up with a specific thing that they know that they want to work on, or they show up and say, you know, 
I don't really know, but I know I'm blocked. And what I find on either side is that when we start really doing the looking and investigating, um, the the foundational issues of what we're here to work through are showing up no matter what, you know. So when you can start to use EFT to work on present day stresses, relationship issues, pain, you know, beliefs, blocks, abundance blocks, that kind of thing. If you can use EFT to start working on those and get some, you know, the thing that it does is it really makes the body feel very, very safe and it helps the mind feel calm. And as the body feels safe, our mind will start to open up to the older stories that are supporting that particular issue. And the farther back in time we go in this life and the more work we do in the past on that past emotional wounding on those moments in time that really got stuck in the nervous system and in the body and created these energetic patterns, the deeper we go into that with EFT, the deeper the reset goes. But what I find is that those foundational issues with people are the ones, I mean, the really deep ones, right? Where it's like, People, no matter what they do, they can't, they can't get past it. Those are the places where I go, you know, that is something it's showing up right now in everyday life, but we've traced it all the way back. And if we really go back as far as we can, we get this sense of like, I have had this since the day I was born. And that's when we go, okay, let's start investigating. How is this actually in your DNA and through your, your genetics and your ancestral line? And how might this be a, a past life karmic thing that you actually chose this body and this experience to work through in this life? Um, and when we got, gosh, when we go back to those early places in this life and work on those emotional traumas and then piggyback that with past life work, it's just, I mean, it's profound, these shifts, these energetic shifts that people can have so quickly. Yeah. So for um, past life regressions, I actually, when I was really young with my sister, we're almost 10 years apart, we would read books and do that, um, which I think is kind of fun looking back. Yeah, I think it's fun looking back on it because we obviously didn't know what we were doing, but because we were a lot more open being at that younger age, we really were able to go deep. And that has allowed me and given me information nowadays. But honestly, I haven't had time to go into it as an adult or really explore it. So I'm I'm excited because I have added to my to-do list to go back into that a little bit more personally. But for people that haven't had a past life regression experience, what do you mean by that? And what could somebody experience like and I know it's different for every single person, but if you could just maybe share something. Yeah, definitely. It is different and, and different practitioners do it differently as well. Now I combine past life work with, like I said, with the EFT. And so while we're getting into these spaces, and I'll talk about that here in a second, um, I have people tap the whole time and that sends a calming signal through the physical body and to the mind that kind of, even though we're going into these deep places in the past, it reminds us on some level that we're also here in the present moment. And so I think there's something that keeps us grounded while we're doing this past life regression. And ultimately, the goal of EFT is to be able to think about something and feel physically safe at the same time. And of course, when we do a past life regression, what we're doing is we're going into a really deep state of relaxation. Um, and I have people visualize, and I, depending on how long I've worked with somebody, um, and just intuitively, I will do it a little bit differently depending on the person. Um, but we, you know, we take some time to kind of relax the body. And then I always tell people, we're going to use the imagination. And I actually heard you, the, the podcast that I listened to, I heard you talking about this imaginative space. But I tell people, if you can allow that side of your brain and that side of your mind that's creative and imaginative to just paint a picture, 
your mind is going to show you exactly what you need to see. If you can just, you know, relax and let it show you and trust what you see. The truth is, whether a past life is real or not, I mean, I absolutely believe that they are real. But for people that even feel a little bit hesitant or skeptical, your mind will show you what it wants to heal and what it wants to see. And it takes all the data of every experience that you've ever had and puts it into a picture because on that deep innate level, we want to heal, right? So whether it's real or not, I tell people just trust the story that is being brought forward because your mind is doing that for a reason. It's a way for your mind to work through whatever is going on. Yes, absolutely. And I do absolutely believe that we get into past life spaces. But again, it's like, it doesn't matter to me because it will it will paint a picture and take everything that it needs to and put it into a story so that we can work with it and, and start to do that deep healing. Um, so I, I have people imagine and they and have them just kind of, you know, look around the space that they're seeing and get in tune with the energy in the space and ask them, you know, what other people they see, you know, have them look at their own body and see what does that look like? Are you male or female? And just get as many details about where they are. Um, and then from there, what makes my work a little bit different is that sometimes people will have you observe from a different, you know, from outside of your body and watch the scene and you can get a lot of information there. And it's not, I'm not saying that I never do that, but I really try to have people be in that body a little bit more because we move through in a way that's very, very safe with EFT so that we can actually work through the emotional trauma of it. And so the way that I do it is I, I have them give me part of the story, you know, what's been going on? Is there anything I'm here to help you? We step into that picture and just let them know that we're here to help them and ask them how they're feeling and what they're going through and kind of do, I'm, I'm going all over the place, but I kind of do both. We're like the, the person that you are steps into this scene and talks to this past life version of you. And then we also kind of move into that person and allow them to experience the emotions and tap at the same time. Well, that's cool because it's almost like um, a little bit of psychology too. Like if you have gone to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or even just in general talk therapy, sometimes they're like, they ask you to picture well, when you were a child and you're going back and you're thinking about those memories. And a lot of times like our memories are, you know, suppressed or all of that. And so, like you said, either way, if you're going back and your mind is kind of creating and painting this picture for you or it was something that happened regardless of where that foundation is coming from. It allows you to work through those either memories or emotions or what have you, because I do think two dreams kind of help us um, with yes. that as well. And it's kind of like that, that same, you know, energy that we're all working through. But so a couple questions on that too. Well, one, I'm going to ask you in a little bit um, what some of your past lives were, because I'm just curious and nosy. Yeah, yeah. But before we get into that, what about DNA from the scientific standpoint is that because it's it's literally the foundation of life here on Earth. So when you mentioned like past lives and oh my goodness, what is going on here? Wow, we're playing jiggy. <laughs> I, I think it. I think that is literally hold on. This has got to be this has got to be our angels. What the heck? All of a sudden my MacBook just I'm not even near it and it just started playing getting jiggy with it with Will Smith. 
Anyway, that Forever. was bizarre. And that is... I love Will. I love Will Smith. Really? <laughs> okay, because I was like, I, I haven't do. listened to him in years, so that must be your I angels. Okay, well there you go. That's yeah. like <laughs> so. Or we yeah, were hitting we're on it. yeah, so or funny. we're or we're hitting on some sort of truth. I guess I'm just um, I don't even really know what my my whole question is, other than I feel like there's a connection between DNA and our past lives, and just was hoping that you could kind of unpack that for me um because i was just getting it I downloaded will definitely do my best okay <laughs> yeah i will definitely do my best to do that you know it's something that i'm still like really doing a lot of research and trying to figure out myself but but one of the things drawing it back to trauma is that we know that on an epigenetic level um that our dna expression is changed when we experience trauma so we know this by looking at people that are survivors of the holocaust and then looking at the generations that followed. And we know that there is an exponentially higher risk of the generations that followed these Holocaust survivors of having things like PTSD and anxiety disorders um, and having you know mental health struggles that don't necessarily line up with their life experience. So on that level, you know, when we talk about DNA, a lot of times people think that we're actually changing the DNA. And honestly, I'm still open to the idea that we, that we are changing the DNA. But what we're really doing is is changing the expression of the DNA. Okay. That just gave me chills when you said that. The expression of the DNA. Yeah. So, right. So, like, it, rather than thinking about, like, okay, we took that piece out and we put a new piece in, think about it more like there's, you know, there's all these codes there. And depending on the energy and then the environment, the codes in the DNA will be expressed differently. Is it kind of like a mutation? Um. Well, again, I'm I'm open to that idea, mm-hmm. but the way that I the way that I understand it, at least at this point, is that there's something that happens energetically and like in our blueprint mm-hmm. when we experience mm-hmm. trauma that that puts us you know puts us in a state of being on high alert and more locked into like a fight or a flight or a freeze state. So again, like thinking back with those Holocaust survivors, you know that prolonged stress and the extreme trauma that they went through change them on some level and rather than it actually going in and changing their actual pieces of DNA what it did was just change how that DNA was expressing but because their DNA expression changed in that lifetime then they passed on that DNA expression to their offspring that makes sense and that's that's also kind of like what what disease like I'm always and I'm also getting chills with this like disease is dis-ease so if you think yes. too about how that expression of DNA, like maybe one life you don't have cancer, another life you do have cancer, that could be something where you still, yeah. to your point, like I'm just trying to think of something t- somewhat tangible of what an expression yeah. would be like. And maybe that's an example. Yeah. And for anybody that's really interested in learning about that epigenetics, um, Bruce Lipton in his book, The Biology of Belief, and he's got YouTube videos. I mean, he will blow your mind. He is a cellular biologist that was involved with the human genome, like back in the day when they first started trying to pick apart DNA and the genes. And originally we thought that, okay, there's going to be a certain, you know, gene for every single protein and every single, every single molecule and like everything that's created in the body is going to have its own special gene. And so they, you know, I'm terrible. My brain does not remember statistics and numbers very well, but that's okay. That's what Google's for. <laughs> Google that's what Google's you. for. Yeah. But they thought that they were going to find this like huge, you know, number of genes in our DNA. But what they, what they found afterwards is like, okay, there's a lot smaller 
number of genes, but what, what they're finding is that depending on the environment, um, you know, and a lot of that comes back to the energetic environment, the genes will actually express differently. So under a stressful environment, these genes will produce this protein and under a different environment, a different combination of genes will express a different protein. Less about changing the strand of DNA and more about what's going on around it so that that DNA expresses. Um, it's really fascinating. So Bruce Lipton is definitely something somebody to check out for that. Yeah, no, I definitely will. And I was just looking while you were talking, it said um, humans have between 20,000 and 25,000 genes, but genes are, so basically um, genes are all the same in people, but the number of genes that are different is less than 1%. So there's a 1% difference. Wow. Yeah, but a small is number it? of genes, less than 1% of the total are slightly different between people. Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I think that they thought that they were going to find, you know, between 100 and 2,000 different mm-hmm. genes. Mm-hmm. And when they only found 20,000, they were like, oh, there's something else going on here. Yeah. And the field of epigenetics is, is fascinating because they are finding that, you know, changing our internal state and changing our energetic state changes our DNA expression. Um, and that's where that like really miraculous healing comes in on a very, you know, physical grounded level. I mean, and there's all the, you know, the things in, out in the universe that we don't totally understand yet as far as how that's happening. But yeah, no, lots to learn. And um, if you guys are interested in more about genes, we will share some things that you can read up about it. <laughs> I just feel it's like crazy to me about the like the DNA and the code. And there's also a mm-hmm. correspondence between what, you know, our soul and our spirit are and how all of that works and that consciousness. Um, So that's, it's cool to hear. So curious about what kind of past lives have you been able to go into regression and know for yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I've done some fun ones on kind of just like a side note, because it popped in as something like a fun little tidbit that I just learned yesterday. I had a phenomenal psychic reading yesterday from a gal in LA and she told me that one of my guides is actually Florence Nightingale. She said, so "Oh that's wow, kind of nurse, yeah." So I was like, "That's kind of fun, not past <laughs> life, but um, just felt relevant for some reason to share." But yeah, so I have had, you know, multiple past lives as healers and um, intuitives, and one of them that really stands out was kind of in, you know, somewhere in Europe, medieval times, and. I was, you know, for lack of a better term, I was a healer. I was a witch type, you know, and kind of a classic story of, you know, healing people with herbs and laying hands and doing energy work and not really totally understanding what I was doing, but um, the wrong people catching wind of it. And, you know, of course, dying persecution because um, people misconstrue that into being some sort of satanic witch and that kind of thing. Um, another past life that actually has come up a few different times because it must have been really, really profound. Um, but I was in the Middle East somewhere and I was a man. Um, and I don't know the exact time, but when I connect with this, like thousands of years old. And when I look at this gentleman, he has on, you know, like really simple, light brown, kind of thin, um, not cotton, but almost like a muslin type of garb and sandals. And in that life, I was some sort of ride um, and was was doing some sort of writing as far as 
religious teaching, so I don't know exactly the details on that, but apparently I was writing things that the the powers that be did not agree with and kind of gathered a, a following of people and was basically, you know, my threatened to death and ended up having to flee this town and, and had all these followers follow me, follow me out of this place in the Middle East. And we ended up somewhere in the mountains, um, in the snow and, I think this past life was significant in a lot of different ways. And like I said, this has come up a few different times to do healing on. Um, but these followers ended up, most of them ended up perishing in the mountains as well as myself. So I think, you know, as I am teaching and expanding my intuitive gifts and learning about all of this, you can see how that would be significant as far as like past life fears that might come up of, you know, having people follow your lead <laughs> right. and, yeah. and not working out well. Um, you know, I had a wound around my throat chakra in that past life where someone had cut my throat and I lived through it, but I had, you know, I had a wound there that was healing. And, um, you know, my throat chakra has always been something I've had to work extensively on in this life. So yeah, that was an interesting one. Well, no wonder then too, you were, you were worried about um, how weird it looked just for, for tapping. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, I mean, that's a simple kind of, you know, example, but just where that judgment in the past has, you know, kind of followed you through and hopefully you're able to work through that. Definitely. I've I've had uh, past lives in ancient Egypt as well. And and pretty much all of them on some sort of like intuitive on some level, whether it's outwardly or, you know, on some level inside. I know that I'm intuitive and I'm helping people, but sometimes it's more of like my outward job and sometimes it's more something mm-hmm. that I'm doing in secret. And do you think that nowadays, because um, you mentioned like EFT and some of these other modalities weren't necessarily as common and I have felt a bigger resurgence in people not only being open, but wanting to learn more about it. Do you think that it's the time for the light workers to become more out in the open or what's kind of driving that in your mind? Oh, I definitely do. I think that I think it's been building for a while. I think that we really are at this unique point in history where big things are changing and I think we can all feel it and a lot of people are waking up um inside into their higher self and to the universe and, you know, getting that deeper connection even if they thought they were open before. And I think that this like the light workers have really been building for the last I mean, from what I would guess, you know, for a long time, but really over the last five or 10 years, I think that it maybe it's just my experience, but it just seems like there's a lot of people that have been doing that deep inner work and are now having that recognition like, wow, okay, at least for me, I was like, everything makes sense now. You know, like I understand so much of my path because now everyone is experiencing stress and even people that didn't have to really like look at it and focus on it before are really being faced with enormous amounts of stress, enormous amounts of fear and uncertainty. And whether we all realize it or not, we're all being re-triggered into our old trauma because of 2020 <laughs> and, and everything that's happened. So um, yeah, I think that the light workers are really being called forward. I think that there's an openness from people because they're really desperate to feel better right now. I do have this sense and I do feel like somehow this pandemic is is going to expose a lot of the faults with the Western medicine. And I'm with you. I think that there's a place for it. And, you know, 
medicine saves lives sometimes and surgery saves lives. And, and it's not that it's all bad, but big pharma definitely has taken a good thing and run with it in a direction that is not good for the general population. It's about making money and not saving lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like turn it into big business and greed. And I, I do see that some of that is getting exposed pretty rapidly. And my hope is that that, you know, at least the part of it that isn't for our highest good is going to crumble. You know, that's my hope and prayer because there's too many people stuck in that web um, and that don't even know it. So yeah, I think, you know, I'm not sure if I answered your question, but yeah, I do think that the white workers are being called Oh, yeah. No, 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 you did. Yeah, no, I just feel like that we've been building up and we unfortunately, which whichever way you look at it, what I've been feeling is that this isn't necessarily we haven't hit the precipice of it or the the culmination of everything. But for me, I went through a lot of really dark times a couple years before yeah, this happened. Right. And I think it was my angels way of and guides and my higher self preparing me for this year because I mm. felt really calm throughout it actually, unlike some other people. And I think it's because sometimes you hold that energy for others. And so maybe I was going through my own mini crises <laughs> before this, you know, so that then I'm in a better place um, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. But I do think that also it's, an, it's a time where if you haven't had a chance to focus and look inward and build yourself and grow from whatever you're trying to work on, that this was one of those situations that is forcing us to do that. It's kind of like if you know that you're in a terrible job and you don't want to move on. And so then finally it's like, okay, well, they lay off people because of, you know, the economy or something of that nature. And it's like, it's almost like your angels and and God's way of um, making yes. it happen for you. And I think this is one of those that the earth needed and mass um, awareness needed to happen on a reset level. Yeah, until we kind of embrace that a little bit and know that it's not bad not yes, to be in that fear-based that good can come of this, then we're still going to be kind of repeating some things. And it makes me sad looking at just the news and how people are reacting out of that fear base yeah. and just being nasty to one another. And just remembering that when you're home now with yourself and your loved ones, that if you're not going to do it now during this pandemic and the time where you have to really evaluate where you want to go, then you may not do it. <laughs> right. So just take the take this as an opportunity to kind of learn and grow. You absolutely answered my question. And before we break, how can people find you? Where would you like people to reach out to get more information or to contact you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I have a website. It's kellyhowcoaching.com. And people can go there for more information on EFP and resources. Um, I do have some upcoming projects, you know, some DIY, EFP, and just kind of soul healing DIY online uh, courses that I'm putting together. Because I... I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, I'm kind of at a place where I'm going to have to figure out how to work with people in a different way and not so, I mean, I'm still working with clients right. one-on-one, but <laughs> mm-hmm. the state of the world right now, I can't get everybody in <laughs> to my office or get them on Zoom. So, so yeah, I'm trying to figure out right now how to do that um, for more people at the same time. So I would say keep an eye on my Facebook page, which is also Kelly How Coaching and Instagram is the same for upcoming events. And we do, um, I know you spoke with Brittany Buckwalter prior to today, um, and she and I and another woman, Chantel Renee, have an event called the Energy Enlightenment Tour. And you can find that on Facebook as well, energyenlightenmenttour.com. 
and on Facebook. And I would keep an eye there too, because we, we do a phenomenal event. She's a psychic medium and Chantelle is a spiritual author. And the three of us come together and do a one and sometimes a two day event to just help seekers kind of go a little bit deeper with their inner knowing, connecting with their higher self, connecting with their intuition. And um, it is really fun. It's, it's kind of a combination of education and healing <laughs> and the three of us, I think, are actually really fun to be around. <laughs> and it's a, it's a fun event. So yeah, I would definitely recommend people check that out and come to one of the events. You know, obviously with the, with the pandemic, we've had to really slow down our schedule, but we do have an event coming up. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's like this. It's like, where did this year go? It <laughs> just flew by. And Brittany's hometown in Hannibal um, next month. Yeah, it is October. So in November. Yeah. I kind of struggle with time anyway and keeping track of time. And this year has really done a doozy on my um, time tracking because to me, it still feels like it's June. So very confused. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, so before um, we actually officially break, I just want to let everyone know um, that's Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y-H-O-W-E, coaching.com. And of course, we'll include on our show notes. And I was just wondering before we actually like close out, do you mind maybe taking us through um, either some breath work or some tapping just so that everyone can end the episode in a good place? Yeah, yeah, I would love that. And I wanted to add something really, because it just popped in, like, I feel like I need to say it. Um, because I'm sure that your your show has a variety of listeners, you know, wherever they are in their personal development path and in their soul's journey. But I, I find that sometimes people that have been on the spiritual path for a while will look at EFT and kind of um, discount it or poo-poo it because it seems a little bit basic. And the, the odd thing that goes against our intuition sometimes is that with EFT, we actually voice what our real problem is. And so, you know, if we've been doing personal development work, it feels really yucky to like say the negative and to voice the problem. And it feels like we're going to put that out into the universe and manifest it. So I guess this is my calling to all speakers to like not discount it right away because there there is magic in the process of tapping at the same time while you voice your problem. And it really truly gets into where this is stored on such a deep subconscious level and even down to the nervous system and physical level. And um, I just find that sometimes speakers that have been doing this for a while will sometimes go, oh, no, I don't need that. And in truth, sometimes they're the ones that have these really sticky, stuck problems that have been there for like lifetimes. And sometimes adding tapping to the work that they're already doing, whether that's breath work or you know, whatever they're already doing with their spiritual work, just adding a little bit of tapping in does that grounding and um, resetting of the nervous system that will integrate that so much faster. <laughs> so I felt really called to say that because um, I do see that sometimes. Oh, no, that's beautiful. Yeah, I do see that sometimes that people will kind of go, oh, I don't need that. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I mean, there's there's the different levels, like you mentioned. And the beautiful thing is, is that even though, as we both had said, it seems simple and it seems basic, it really is the foundation. It's like you wouldn't build a house without the foundation to build the house on. And it'll probably allows you to dig in a little deeper and then determine what else your next step should be. If you need to go um, get a massage, acupuncture, go to someone who's a medium, um, past life regression, whatever it is, it gives you that foundational kind of like almost like a, a pointing you, helping point you in the right direction of where you need to go to work on those deeper issues. Definitely. And, you know, one of the things that I like to tell people is that, you know, God created us to have an autonomic nervous system that 
can override the mind when it feels like it needs to for safety. So it's the same reason that we can't tell ourselves to stop breathing. It will work for a little while. And we can like consciously say, okay, I'm not going to breathe. But eventually that mm-hmm. automatic mm-hmm. system will kick in. And especially for things that are our foundational issues and like past life phobias and things that got brought into this life, it's really on such an autonomic nervous system level. So it's like when you get into that kind of body space, we're actually designed to not be able to override it with our thoughts and our conscious mind. And EFT really speaks to that, to that nervous system level. And, you know, while you're tapping, you're actually telling that autonomic nervous system that it's safe and that it gives it, gives your brain kind of space to relax and rewire into a, a new state. So, yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. What do we, what do we want to do? <laughs> yeah. Let's just do a little bit of tapping. Um, yeah. We'll just, you know, since everybody's got a little bit of stress on their plate right now, I think we'll just do like a really basic round of, of tapping. And what I always have people do first is really just close their eyes and tune into their physical body, into their en- energy and into how their mind feels. And just really notice what feels tight, what feels heavy, if their heart is beating a little bit faster, if there's constriction in the chest, feels like the mind is kind of swirling. And just really take note of that. And you can even give it a number zero to 10 on how intense or how uncomfortable that is. And for everybody, I want you to just tap on the side of the hand. So on the pinky side of the hand, reach around with one hand. So where where you would kind of um, like chop something with the pinky side of your hand, you can reach around with the other hand and with your fingertips, you just lightly tap on the side of your hand there. And just as a reminder that every time you tap, your body senses it, your mind senses it as a very calming, soothing, rhythmic pattern that tells everything that you're safe and you're okay. And I want, for now, there's other tapping points and people can go to my website and look at that or look up the tapping solutions for the other tapping points. But for now, I just want everyone to just tap on the side of their hand and tune into their physical body. And when we work on tapping, we, we really state the problem. So for right now, we'll just call it stress. And the basic process is to just say and notice, you know, even though I have this stress, and to follow it with some sort of affirmation or some sort of recognition and say something like, I'm going to be okay. I accept myself anyway. I love and accept myself. Or even just something like, even though I have this stress, I'm working through it or I'm noticing it. And so I'm going to say something and wherever you are, of course, don't do this if you're driving, (laughs) but I want you to just tap on the side of your hand there and just feel that nice rhythmic touch there. And just repeat after me. We'll just say, and I'll have you just kind of mirror back to me as I say this. So even though I have this stress, even though I have this stress, I'm working through it. I'm working through it. Yeah. And we'll just keep repeating that. And the real process, we would start to tap through other points. But for right now, we'll just stay on the side of the hand. Even though there's so much stress. Even though there's so much stress. And I can really notice it in my body. And I can really notice it in my body. Right here in this moment. Right here in this moment. I'm safe. I'm safe. And then just keep tapping on the side of the hand, even though I have all this stress. Just repeat after me, even though I have this stress, even though I have this stress, I give my body permission to relax. I give my body permission to relax. Okay. And then if everybody would just reach up to the top of the head, right in the center of the head with their fingertips and lightly tap, we'll just say a shortened version. So we'll just say this stress. This stress. 
And then on the inside of the eyebrow, so it's actually a little bit over from that third eye point. The third eye point is a wonderful one for trauma. So it's okay if you want to use that one. But there's actually a point on the very start of our eyebrows, the bladder point in Chinese medicine, which is an emotional containment point. So it's a really important one to hit if you've been containing or holding on to emotion. So just lightly tap there and just repeat after me all the stress. All this stress? And then go to the outside of the eye, a little bit in front of the temple and kind of right at that outer eye on that bone there. And we'll just say all this stress. All this stress. Ooh, I just felt like something like, something like click there. Oh, wow. Kind of break loose. Good. So then the next point is under the eye. So that's on the cheekbone and about, you know, an inch and a half or an inch below the pupil there. Okay. And this is a phenomenal point for fear. I find that this one, you know, if you're if you're in a state where you're feeling afraid, this is a great point. This is a stomach meridian point in Chinese medicine, um, known to carry a lot of fear. So that's a great one for fear. Let's just say all the stress. All the stress. And the next point is under the nose and above the upper lip. It's the large intestine point. This is a wonderful point if you're trying to release or let something go. Say all the stress. All this stress. Yeah. And if there's a point that feels particularly like you feel something move, you're welcome to stay on that a little bit longer. Like this one, I just felt my body relax a little bit more with. Mm -hmm. And that one tends to be a go-to for me if I feel tension. So then we'll go on the chin point, which is between the chin and the lower lip, right in that crease there. All this stress. All this stress. And people can even add into that, that shortened statement. You could say, you know, this, this, tension in my chest or this tightness in my chest if you wanted to kind of call out the physical point sometimes that will help direct the focus and the energy and help with the release with whatever that physical tension is for you well that's great and when you start it and you mentioned a scale of one to ten um you Mm -hmm. you rate how you're feeling um with is it ten being the most and then one being the lowest ah yeah i'm glad you brought that up yep ten being the most and zero being i'm not feeling a zero. Okay. And then you do that in the beginning and then you also do it again after the tapping so that you have a baseline to kind of compare yourself um, and how you're feeling, right? Definitely. Definitely. And you can do it on, um, you can do it on a physical standpoint, like my pain is at a 10 or my discomfort or is it a six? And you can also do it with, okay, I'm feeling really afraid right now as I'm having this thought, that's a 10. And then how afraid do I feel afterwards? You can do it with both. Because there is a cognitive shift that happens as we tap and voice the different emotions that we're feeling. And people will say to me like, oh my gosh, I was a 10 before. And sometimes even just after a couple rounds of tapping, they're like, I don't even know why that was a big deal. I don't feel afraid at all. Mm-hmm. So particularly around fear. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't always happen that fast for sure, but it can. It definitely can. And I also saw that when I was originally doing my very late exploration of EFT a couple years ago is that you can make sure that um, like if you one round doesn't work, then you can continue to do it until that number slowly decreases or until you feel like you've tapped into something and, and released it. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Repetition is key. Um, you know, the older the problem, the bigger the problem, those soul foundational issues are going to be a little more sticky usually. But, you know, not always. I've had people have past life phobias that I've seen fall away very, very quickly with tapping because it does really calm down those fear centers in the brain people feel it very quickly but yeah i'm glad you brought that up because it's it can work really quickly but persistence you know the more you do it the more likely it is to work as well so 
So if, you know, if you try tapping, it's important to know also that if you try it on your own and you don't necessarily feel anything drastic, it doesn't necessarily mean that the technique won't work for you. It just might mean that you either need somebody to kind of take an outside look and help you on the way um, and help you on that deeper journey. Or there might just be a different slant to the tapping that you need to take, right? There's like a million different advanced techniques that we can use to get into that deep subconscious place. It just might be a, a little bit more of a stubborn block that maybe you need to do a little more investigating. Um, and we always say with tapping, the more specific you get on something. So a specific thought and repeating that thought over and over and over again, um, a specific memory, a specific moment in time. Like when I'm in a workshop, I say, choose something that's annoying, something that's annoying you. And, and I will say like, get really specific, like something like the noise that somebody makes when they chew. That's a specific <laughs> thing to yeah. focus on. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you can't pick a person. You can't pick an annoying person because that person is recognized, is like literally bringing up everything in your shadow that needs to be worked on. <laughs> right. So, right. <laughs> um, you know, like, like they're mirroring everything that needs to be brought to light inside of you. So that's a bigger thing. You can't pick a whole person. But pick a, be specific on the physical or the emotional. Yeah. Okay. Like one specific thing that that annoying person does, right? Um, they always talk over me. Okay. A specific time that that happened where they were always talking over you. And then you start to work through the process on that. Um, and that's where you'll get like these very big resets pretty quickly. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. This has been amazing. Yeah, this has been fun. This has been fun. Thank, thank you so much for having me on. Of course. And if you think of anything else, let me know and I'll you know be sure to put it in the show notes and really appreciate it. And Kelly Howe, everyone, again, kellyhowcoaching.com on the website and on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're interested, you can also check out energyenlightenmenttour.com. So thanks again, Kelly, and look forward to uh, talking with you again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. A Psychic Story has a 1-800 phone number now. You can call and leave a voicemail about any questions you may have, new topics you'd like to hear about, or even guests you want to hear more from. The number is 1-800-880-1881. That is 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you. Call and leave us a message. You may even be featured on a future episode.